I, I felt like it was a more me version of me. You know, I'd done a lot of personal work in that time as well and really started to take off some of those layers that we put on. And you and I have talked about this before, especially in corporate America, when you are groomed or told to show up in a certain way. And part of the being integrity with myself is just not, not doing that anymore not adhering to whatever those costumes are that were previously required and showing up as myself. And part of that is truth speaking, and you love this, even when it's not gonna be a popular truth to tell. This week on The Courageous Podcast, we were joined by Kristen Elliott, who's the VP of Marketing at Eddie Bauer. And she's actually had a really interesting story, Berman, because she left Eddie, started her own company, and then came back. But in that off time, really discovered something that she's been per- continuing to pursue. Yeah, she's she's pretty real. I mean, she's pretty real. And, and we have the luxury of working with her for a short period of time. So we've already always sort of recognized that about her. And the the interesting thing about this episode is... What did she learn a year outside of the organization that then she brought back to the organization? And uh, I thought we covered a lot of ground. We, we, we cover Eddie Bauer. We cover her her side hustle. Uh, really, a podcast is where it starts, but really there's courses about helping us cope with, with death. And uh, what did she call herself? Uh, uh, death doula? Was that what it was? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, just learning to deal with grief. I mean, she went through some personal things in her life related to death. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is that there's grief in every facet of life, taking a new job, having kids. And so we talk a lot about that. We talk about some of the fears of, you know, leaving the big corporate gig to go out on your own, then the fears coming back into the corporate gig. And in her podcast, Dying to Live, you know, really, nails some of these issues that everybody's dealing with um you know through life and and through death that we're all going to have to face and and we talk a lot about the culture here in america and and things that we're dealing with and and she strings it all back to what eddie bauer is doing and and how how that brand is really helping facilitate others get outside learn about what the outdoors can provide and and how that can benefit your life yeah, their tagline is live your adventure, but they have a new line for their campaign for the years. Find yourself outside. We talk about that in the episode as well. Enjoy. We're here. We're here this week on the Courageous Podcast with an old friend. Uh, she's a client, old client too, but I, I put you in the friend category because I think we, you and I had more time. We spent more time on the phone when we weren't working together and which is cool because you, you've introduced me to some pretty impressive people by the way um but kristen elliott she's a versatile seasoned marketer and now the vice president of marketing at eddie bauer how are you hello hello thanks so much for having me i'm doing pretty awesome doing pretty awesome and you have also introduced me to a number of people um and i really value your friendship so happy to be in that category I'll take that. Yeah. Now you describe yourself. This is this is me going directly to LinkedIn because it's always like, oh, I always want to see how p- other people describe themselves. So you went with a performance-driven, consumer-focused marketer. That's about about pretty much 
three years old. So I am the worst LinkedIn person ever. <laughs> well, maybe this happens when you spend 11 years at a company, right? And so you're like, uh, you, you know, you were there for 11 and, and then you actually took a little hiatus. So first of all, why, why after 11 did you decide to get out of there? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I went through some pretty big life changes in that time. I went through a divorce. I uh, shepherded the death of two of my parents, my both of my step-parents, um, who'd been in my life since I was about four years old. So it was, it was really odd to go through that process and then be back kind of to my, you know, original set of parents, which I hadn't had in, you know, 35 years at that point. Um, and it caused me to really think about what I wanted out of life and what was going to feed my soul. And at that point in time, I'd been doing the work that I'd been doing for a really long time. <clears throat> and I wanted some different experiences. I wanted to experience different work, different industries, different leadership, different people. So one day I walked in and said, you know, I'm done. Took, took a leap of faith. You grabbed your goldfish? <laughs> I, I left the fish. Well, so you, you take this leap of faith and um, and you get out of there. But then, according to LinkedIn, you made it a whole six months. So before you went back, is that accurate? It was, about a, year. It was, about it was a year. A year? Mm -hmm. So I always wonder, I'm like, well, they must have like realized, okay, we need to get her back here. <laughs> like, did they come out? Like, did they like pursue you hard or, or how did that, how did that go down? It was actually a really casual conversation between myself and the person who had my position now. And she said, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about leaving. We have some things going on personally. And, you know, would you ever think about coming back? And I don't think she expected me to say yes, but you know, I have loved this brand since the day I walked into it. There's so much potential to continue empowering people to have the outdoor experiences that they want to have to keep um, to keep guiding people toward wellness through outdoor experiences and I just didn't feel like my work was done coming back into a leadership position allowed me to do some things that I wanted to do previously but was unable to do you feel like going through those personal experiences I mean those are pretty big ones to go through stressful <clears throat> What did you learn and did it give you a different perspective coming back into the company? Ooh, that's a great question. I think the biggest lesson was to stay in integrity for myself, to really try every day to lean into the hell yeses of life and to stay clear. Can I swear on this? Or is this a oh yeah, go for it. Okay. How about stay, it? Stay clear of the fuck no's. Um, oh, wait, you can't say that. My oh. goodness. <laughs> You're fine. Great. I, Sorry, I love John. that. Sorry, John. Everyone, John Sauter's our executive producer. He's been behind the scenes producing this for however many episodes. So thanks, John. Um, yeah. And, and so there's just, I, I think the other thing that I felt really acutely going through those two deaths is there really is no time to have a mediocre life, to make a mediocre decision, 
to sit in mediocrity at all. If you're not happy with something, fucking change it. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I'm going through that process right now, actually. Um, Nothing as dramatic as having death in my family, which is probably one of the heaviest things you go through. And then I noticed on, uh, on the, the brand or the consultancy that you started, you said you wanted to focus on soul-centered work. And so I assume like just some of this perspective, and, and this happens a lot in life, right? You get perspective from something personal and it gives you a lot of, I guess, context for what you're doing for a day job and how you're spending a majority of your time. And, you know, we talk to a lot of marketers, we talk to a lot of executives and leaders of brands. And it seems like there's this movement towards like, okay, why does this brand actually exist? What is it doing here? And it seems like you had done some of that in your personal life. And so I'm wondering what happened when you came back into Eddie Bauer and did you take some of this soul-centered um, philosophy back into the company and have you pushed work in a certain direction because of that? Yeah, for sure. And you bring up a good point. When I, when I started my freelance business, I was determined not to take work that I didn't truly believe in just for the sake of taking work. And I realized that that's a very privileged statement to be able to make. Right. Um, but it was important to me to really believe in the things that I was doing and to, to help companies that were, making some kind of a difference. And so I'll come back to your question, but one of the companies that I worked with at that time was a sexual health and wellness company who needed to pivot from its original positioning of kind of like sex shock value from the 1980s into this company that empowered experiences for people. And I already had experience empowering experiences, not those kind in the outdoors, but And so it wasn't a leap to, to, to help that company do the exact same thing. One of the things I noticed in that industry was the lack of diversity. It was very cisgendered, hetero coupled in its approach to sex, which of course there's a million variations of sex and gender and all the things. Um, And so helped that company start down the path to be more inclusive. And then when I came back to Eddie Bauer, realized actually these industries, the outdoor industry and the sexual health and wellness industry are very similar. They're very narrow in who they um, appeal to for a variety of reasons. So one of the first things that I got to do that I'm really grateful for when I came back was to help start a program that uh, funded contracts for folks that were running organizations to get underrepresented groups outside and having outdoor experiences. So not a social influencer situation where you're paying for posts and you're looking like you're inclusive, but year-long, two-year-long contracts that empowered people to grow their organizations to thus get more people outside. I was hoping you were going to say co-partnership with some of the sexual companies you're working with, but but that this one's way (laughs) okay. This one's way more noble, and I think you're right. I think there's a huge difference between uh, an influencer and someone who has influence. This is a massive difference between the two. So it's it's nice to hear that you're like putting a lot of this good work to 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 work. Um, Question for you: Do you feel like 
So you go away for a year and you come back. Do you feel like it was a different version of you that came back or did you feel it was a more empowered version of you? Mm, I, I felt like it was a more me version of me. You know, I'd done a lot of personal work in that time as well and really started to take off some of those layers that we put on. And you and I have talked about this before, especially in corporate America, when you are groomed or told to show up in a certain way. And part of the being integrity with myself is just not, not doing that anymore, not adhering to whatever those costumes are that were previously required and showing up as myself. And part of that is truth speaking, and you love this, even when it's not going to be a popular truth to tell. Yeah, you could, uh, you know, I got to just, we lived Eddie Bauer too for a little bit. And so to, in the spirit of, of, of keeping things in the here and now, like, I, I love what I see from your new fearless leader and president, who also, in my opinion, like you, had spent some time inside the organization. So he'd seen, you know, he'd seen firsthand what was working and probably what wasn't. And just, you know, you never know if he, if he did or didn't have a, the opportunity like you didn't have that opportunity until you came back. But, I, but what I like about both of you is you're, you're transparent. You're, there's energy. You can, you can feel it from both of you. And so are you having like those hard conversations about how to keep like Eddie Bauer relevant and at the forefront of, of what tomorrow's going to look like? It is not a stretch to say that we literally have those conversations every day in a really down to earth and um, an actionable way. And, you know, I would say that with a, as unfortunate as 2020 was, it really gave us the opportunity to strip back a lot of the things that we were doing and look very acutely at how we wanted to pave the way forward. So there's actually a little bit of benefit there for us in, you know, being the brand that truly strips everything back to being, to empowering people to have the outdoor experiences that they want to have. Well, Eddie, Eddie Bauer has this amazing heritage, right? It's a hundred plus year old brand. It, uh, you know, celebrates this amazing time that you can have in the outdoors. And obviously this pandemic has forced a lot of people to really kind of recalibrate, think about this system that we all work and live in. And I assume you're seeing some benefit and, and maybe you can share from from people just evaluating their own lives because of the pandemic and, and being stuck inside mm-hmm. with stay at home order orders and going back out. So I'm, I'm curious, have, have you leaned into this heritage? Have you leaned into the idea of, you know, getting outside and what that experience can do for you as a human being? And, and just what is the shift in the benefits that you've seen maybe in some of the research or, or just in the industry as a whole? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I'll geek out a little bit on the history because, you know, Eddie Bauer was a real guy. Um, His wife, uh, who he called Stein, her name was Christine, was an equal to him in their outdoor pursuits, which for them at the time was hunting and fishing. She was arguably a better hunter and fisher than he was, and he would tell everyone that. She was a champion sharpshooter. um, And so they built their lives around how much time they could spend in the outdoors on a yearly basis 
And their passion was creating gear that allowed people to do that. They were also really far ahead of their time and because their shop in downtown Seattle served as a community gathering place. People would go out and do their thing and then they would come back to the shop and they would share stories and community about outdoor experiences. And so really he was, he and Stein were our, our first guides. And we have carried that forward in a lot of ways. Um, but coming into COVID, uh, we were able to shift our messaging um, only slightly to continue that message. We'd already been down the path of telling people the benefits of getting outside and having outdoor experiences. We shifted a little bit from sharing those experiences with others to, you know, getting outside in whatever way made, made sense for people in that time. Um, but what we've seen is just a mass adoption of kind of a, a remembrance away from the digital device and into the connection that you get when you're outside. And that connection is with yourself. It's with nature. It's with your animals, your kids, your loved ones, your community, whomever you're with. The connection piece, I think, is the, the biggest benefit that we've seen. Yeah, it seems like there is just this massive shift going on, right? Like even in like how you're able to travel, people are out camping, getting together in smaller groups, you know, enjoying the outdoors again. It's like this return to like the 40s and 50s philosophy of, you know, how you spend quality time or leisure and rec time together. And in your space, it can get super competitive just in like pricing and product. And I mean, you can be um, lost in a sea of like, what's the best product? So I think there's something too, like this notion of, you know, are we working to live or are we living to work? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because, you know, you got to, you got to take a break and step back. And it contextualizes things. And I feel like America and the world is doing the same thing right now, yes. which has to be awesome for a brand like yours. And, and I'm just curious, like, have you, have you started to lean into like other channels, like content or spaces where I, I assume like search trends have changed and I don't know, but I'm just making an assumption here that people are actually looking for some depth and when you have a brand and legacy, as long as, as Eddie Bowers, you know, are there new mediums that really help you tell that story and, and take advantage of, you know, that connection with people that are looking for something that, that they feel like may be missing in their life right now? Yeah. So a couple, a couple different thoughts on that. One is that um, our tagline is live your adventure and how we always um, promote that is that it's self-prescribed. So our adventure might not be your adventure, might not be Ryan's adventure, but whatever your adventure is, we can outfit you and empower you to have it in the way that, that you want. And that, that approach and that shift, I think we've shifted even more deeply into that kind of content, you know, in this time is really what people are looking for. Whether it's a walk around their neighborhood and they're discovering new things about their neighborhood because they've never had time to actually walk around it and meet their neighbors um, from, from, you know, the sidewalk and the porch or whether they're discovering new hiking trails, whatever it is for them, you know, that's what we want to 
that's what we want to empower. And a differentiator for Eddie Bauer has always been that we view the outdoors as a playground and not an arena. So sure, we have people who see their playground as, you know, climbing the tallest peaks and bagging new routes and that kind of thing. And we also have people whose definition of adventure is much closer to home. Um, and so while I, I don't know if search terms have necessarily changed, our, our content has pivoted even more heavily in the direction of just empowering um, adventure in whatever way people want to experience it. And that also means, you know, from a wellness perspective, getting outside, breath, fresh air, sunshine is all part of living a healthy life. And I think people are focusing on that more right now, for sure. Yeah, this reminds me of our buddy, Matt Walker, who you introduced me to. And just a you know profound guy um clear, clearly clearly uh knows what he's doing in the out, outdoor world but he also is like great mind and um i saw something on one of his recent posts where he talked and it was it was for eddie bauer so i know you guys are doing work together but the line was find yourself outside and yeah. and so i mean i love i love that line i think it's it's really relevant for right now and it, it goes back to that personal wellness of like disconnecting from uh, our phones. And, you know, I always say like, let's spend less time scrolling social media and more time scrolling ourselves. And I think <laughs> this line sort of, sort of alludes to that. And if you think about the journey that you've been on stepping away and finding your best self and some of the work that you're doing, same camp for all of us and, you know, for both of us, but you know, so you have these two lines, like how do they play? Do they play together? Is, is, is one going to replace the other? Do they, do they, is it they're in harmony? What's the, what, is that what's happening? Yeah, that's a great question. So Find Yourself Outside was um, the supporting statement for our 100-year anniversary in 2020. And to your point, it's obviously still incredibly relevant and will be for some time. So we're carrying it forward, and, um, and it'll be our year-long campaign for 2021. So everything that we do in 2021 will ladder back to finding yourself outside, which is really empowering you to live your adventure in whatever way that you want. Um, and it is a double entendre. It's get outside because that's the healthiest, best place to be right now. And also um, it, it, it allows you to dig a little bit deeper and really connect with yourself um, more when you're having an outdoor experience. I mean, this is what makes me sad. It's like, really guys, what happened to us? Like, why do we need to find ourselves? Like, where did we, where did this all go wrong? And and uh, and so this is this was some of the back and forth banter that you and I were having the other the other night. It's like it shouldn't have come to this that we we need to find ourselves. Like we we should know ourselves. And maybe maybe that's not where you're going. Maybe it's you unlock something that advances yourself out there even more. But that was my initial response. Where I'm like, really, really, society, we we don't know us. We haven't done enough work to figure out who we are. But on the flip side, like you said, if we're always growing, then maybe just by having your own adventure, you're growing as well. That's right. There's always more to know, right? That what is the saying, the work is never done. Um, there's always deeper today. And also, you know, I, I love what you said a minute ago, Ryan, about just slowing down um, in this time, because we don't allow ourselves in this culture here in the U.S. and Western society to slow down. And this has been an, an amazing opportunity to do that, to not 
be in traffic every day for those of us who do that for, you know, spending more time in our homes and not rushing this way and that maybe taking a break from uh, the pressures of social media and that kind of thing. And in that way, you know, when you step outside, a lot of things become more clear, you are able to connect with yourself a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's really important. <clears throat> you know, I was just thinking about the question you asked, Berman, you know, how do you not know yourself? Right? Like, a lot of people don't, they don't spend, we're too busy. Like, that we have this problem with staying too busy, and nothing is ever enough. Mm-hmm. And actually getting outside gives you a chance to disconnect. And really have a conversation with yourself when there's not a tremendous amount of distraction. So I feel like the value from brands that are promoting these types of experiences are huge, are huge in the wellness space. Well, and why we're, we're working with Matt Walker and um, a few other folks is because they do adventure differently. You know, Matt comes from, a heavy, heavy competitive climbing guiding background. And he stepped away at one point and said, what, what are we doing? We're not taking the time then to integrate these experiences that we're having. And they are so evolutionary for us as people and so important as a culture to be able to integrate these experiences and then take those learnings forward. We're not doing that. So he went back and and got his psychology degree and that is what he does now. He teaches through adventure, integrates all those experiences and and takes that forward for people. And you're right, it's it's so important when a brand can help give voice to people who are doing that, then maybe we can shift things a little bit so that there's more focus on taking the time for introspection and growth and wellness as, as a whole. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about this on the podcast and on the show, you know, just the fact that going through school, you don't, you don't learn about EQ. I mean, that's something you're not taught, right? Maybe by your parents, if you have good parents who understand that, and, you know, have done the introspection work that's that needs to be done. But I'm curious for you, like, and this is so important, because like, there's so many tools that we find that are missing because of this period of time that we're in right now that, that just don't exist today. And a lot of guests have brought this up and everybody's struggling with this kind of internal conversation or something going on in their personal life or whatever it may be. And, and, you know, work can be an escape, you know, there can be destructive escapes. The outdoors is a very productive um, way to escape and, and find some time for yourself. And I'm just curious, like, when did you get interested in the outdoors? Was it something you grew up with? You know, what, what drew you to this brand and and what was, do you have like a first experience that really kind of, um, you know, changed things for you or, or just sticks with you that, that got you out there? Yeah. I love this question so much. I had such fond memories of being, Um, uh, a young person and spending all my time outside. I was an only child. I lived in a rural area. My parents both worked. They were very busy. And so I spent my time climbing trees and building forts and, um, and just having adventures on my own with my friends in my vast backyard. And then when I was in high school, my dad moved here to Seattle where I live now and started um, mountaineering. 
through that, I, I got hooked on the idea of eventually climbing a mountain one day. And, and I've done that to some degree, uh, minimally, and really, really enjoyed it. Um, so there are experiences I want to expand on still. Um, and I think it's great. You can learn something new at, at any time. But really, going back to those feelings in childhood, and what it comes down to is freedom, the freedom that you can feel as an individual in the outdoors, having an experience, whether that's pushing yourself to learn something new or, you know, reach a goal that you haven't reached or just simply exist with nature. There's a beautiful freedom out there waiting for us. I'm going to go use a word that you've used twice so far in the, in the 30 minutes that we've mm. been together. Okay. Um, this will not be a surprise word, but you've used, the word is guide. Hmm. And, um, you know, when we think about Eddie Bauer and we, the importance of the guides and guiding our lives and whatnot, talk a little bit about the guide culture. And the other thing that I was curious about is, does guide show up, and this is a two-parter, sorry. So does guide show up, one, as a filter to how you make decisions with product? And then when you have a line, like find yourself outside, it does sound like you're alone or that you're on a solo journey, but that's, so how does the guide play in, in that as well? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. Great question. Bring me back to it. If I, if I forget the second part. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so when I came into the Eddie Bauer brand in 2006, it had not yet started going back to its roots as an outdoor outfitter, but I had um, the good fortune of wandering one day into the archives, which at that point was in the basement in cardboard boxes, all our hundred year history sitting on the floor, kind of unguarded. And somebody said, yeah, you can just go through stuff. And I thought, without gloves, without, there's no, okay, I, I will then. And, um, and saw that there was this rich history of, of Eddie and his wife, and they had been guides for the brand. They had they were the people who knew um, where to tell you to go and what to do and how to dress and how to prepare and all the things. And then we got a, we got a new CEO around 2007, 2008, who saw that as well, who started taking the brand back to its roots as an outdoor outfitter, who wanted to build technical products again, because at that point, Eddie Bauer was elastic waisted khaki pants and and button down shirts, which, which largely a lot of that has, has left the brand now and, and um, gone back to its era in the eighties and nineties um, and started, he wanted to build technical product. And so knowing that we didn't have it, the uh, expertise internally to do it brought on a team of mountain guides to help build that product and give us that education um, and that start forward back into that realm. So we have now, 38 or so 30 guides and athletes um, that help us build the technical product and it is a filter so the difference with our team and how we build product is that um, they give their full feedback we take that feedback we weave it into the product and then the product goes to market it's not like we send them a jacket when it's all done and they just check a box for us it's really an in-depth process that takes a lot of time. We require days and, and hours to be used for the both development of and the testing of product. And then also it comes through um, in their adventures, 
we also see the brand as a guide. So this is where find yourself outside um, can be a tipping point for people to understand that they can go and have an outdoor experience. They can um, lean into the health and wellness factor within the outdoors and that we can act as a guide as a brand to get them there, whether that's through products or through inspirational content, um, et cetera. And much of that comes from our guide athlete and now leader team. And the leader team is the group I spoke of earlier, folks that are getting marginalized communities outside in, in a big way. Sounds like you're busy. Got a few things going on. <laughs> All right. So look, you're, you, you've got this iconic adventure brand and then ironically you're on your own personal adventure now. Right. And, and you've been on an expedition, personal expedition, not just the one that came back to Eddie Bauer after a year long hiatus, but you know, you kind of found your passion too. You got 17 episodes, I believe of your dying to live podcast. We're kind of right back to the beginning of some of the experiences that that you, um, you probably ran yourself through or you had to run yourself through. You didn't have a choice. So talk a little bit about this, this new project for you. I'm assuming everybody at Eddie Bauer knows about this. This isn't a surprise. Right. (laughs) But, um, yeah, talk about how you sort of like fell into this, like your passion fell into it. Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. So when I went through those two deaths with my parents, um, one was, uh, kind of out of the blue and very traumatic. And the other was long long and drawn out and very traumatic. And in both cases, I did not feel well prepared to be guided and to help guide them through that process. The resources that were available were stretched thin or just the right resources were not, were not around. And I thought there must be a better way to do death. Like, we, we spend so much time on birth. We spend so much time on other transitions in life. And I just kind of felt hung out to dry in these experiences. I didn't know what was going on with the body as it starts to shut down. I had no idea how to handle emotional conversations. I had no idea how to handle grief. And so I realized after the fact that there's this new role coming to life called an end of life doula. It's kind of a sister role in a lot of ways to hospice and fills a void that often hospice is not not able to do um, due to all of their requirements now. And it's really that emotional support role. It's that advocacy role for the dying. It's an educational role for the people that are surrounding the dying so that they know what the hell is happening in the whole process. And I thought, this is this is so needed. We need people that are comfortable being close to death, who can talk about it, who can help shepherd people through this amazing process that we all are going to go through and that we don't spend enough time on. So I got trained. I've done a multitude of trainings um, around this topic. And now I'm really passionate about having this conversation. Um, So dying to live is about all the little deaths that we go through in life. And how if we just got closer to the subject of death, how much easier those little deaths would be. So whatever those transitions are, the breakup of a relationship or a marriage, shifting friendships, changing jobs, even, you know, the transitions that our kids go through. This week's episode was about my personal grief 
on the transition of my daughter from childhood to the teen years. She's doing amazing. I love watching her grow. And also like no one told me that, that the child and the, the, the like, cuddly bug that she was would just disappear one day and be replaced by this person who wants to be solely independent. Of course it makes sense, but we don't prepare for these transitions and we need to do a better job of that. Yeah. Children really help with that, right? Like they go, it's funny when they go through these big transitions in life where they may not need their parent as much. You don't even realize that you as a parent are going through a moment of grief. Right. And and like, I remember, I I can't remember the psychologist I was listening to talk about this, but it was really interesting. And, And it's like in America, we're horrible at grieving. We don't even understand grief and it happens all the time. Right. Like you, a loss of anything creates grief. Uh, a, when you change jobs, you move, you have kids, you've lost your independence as a, as a, um, as a, uh, independent being. And so I, I think that's really interesting, Kristen. And, and it's like something that is so insightful that so many people just don't pay attention to, and it comes out in other ways in their life. And, and I'm curious, like, you had to probably be dealing with a little bit of grief when you left Eddie Bauer and there was some fear, I assume, you know, going out on your own. And then on the flip side, even going back in, I'm sure you faced new fears that you didn't think you were going to have. And and so I'm just curious, like, maybe we can talk about grief and fear in, in that context of, you know, going out and really doing something that you, you wanted to explore and that you've been thinking about. And then being pulled back in because like, once you get that freedom to get out, <laughs> you know, it has to be scary to go back in. So what was that like for you? And, and was there any, anything under the surface that you didn't realize was there? Yeah, that's a great question. I love too, what you said about grief, because if there's one, if there's something that has really come to the surface in this COVID time, it's been the realization for so many, and I've seen so much social chatter, so many programs, so many new um, support mechanisms born out of this, that grief is associated with many things. In this culture, we learn that grief is associated with death. And therefore, like death, we kind of stay away from it. We don't know how to grieve. But to your point, grief is associated with with every kind of loss. And so I think people, one of the benefits of this time is that people are learning to grieve and that it's okay to feel that deeply. Um, I did definitely have massive fear when I left a stable corporate gig for the unknown, absolutely. And the fear of not being true to myself and not growing as an individual was greater. So it made the risk taking palpable. Coming back, there was also fear. I think, you know, one of the things that I wrestled with was that ego thought of, are people going to think I couldn't hack it on my own because I came back? But guess what? We get to make any decision that we want for our life. And I made the decision to leave. I made the decision to come back. And both of those decisions were being true to my own integrity. And that's all people need to know. Yeah. Back to values. Well, exactly. I mean, 
and I think there's a certain level of respect that goes along with that. And, and some people want to shy that off because they haven't realized it themselves. Mm-hmm. And did you feel empowered after going through this? Did you, did you have a different level of confidence because you went through this trauma and learning experience in your personal life and then you kind of forced a decision in your professional life. And I assume like, it's like every time you go through an experience, for me at least, it's a confidence builder because you just, the no, the unknown becomes known and you learn from it. So I'm just wondering if it did anything for your confidence and did you feel like maybe with some bigger decisions in, pre- in professional life, they, they weren't as big, <laughs> they weren't as scary? Yeah. I mean, if there's one, one thing that the topic of death helps us realize is really how not scary things need to be, right? When, when your filter is everything against this topic of death, those, those smaller deaths that we go through, those decisions, those transitions, they all have a context that they didn't have before. And also, you know, the more that we make the decisions that are true to our soul, the more we reinforce for our central nervous system and our emotional body that we've got our own back. We, we know how to do this. Everything that we need to know is inside us already. And that is, that is not a concept that this culture promotes, right? But it's really through all of these big decisions, this risk taking air quotes here and, and stepping through the fear, it's really a coming home to self. And once you come home to yourself, you know that you'll, you'll never do yourself wrong. Yeah, I would like to uh, propose a death today. Can we propose a death? I love this topic. Let's do it. All right. So I think we should we should uh, we should kill off comparing ourselves to others or other situations because you know. And again, by the way, the easiest way this shows up in my life, I have my teachers are an eight year old, almost eight year old boy, and a five year old daughter, right? And so, if for like even if the milk is off by like an inch, like an inch, <laughs> I'll hear that's not fair. Right, daddy, that's not fair. And and um, and by the way, we still do this as adults. It's it's not the milk; it's everything else. But I'm like, like when you when you compare, beware. Like I am on the record saying, when you compare, beware. And when people probably looked at you and you left Bauer and you came back, they speculated however they wanted to speculate it. And I'm here to put it on the record that wow, for being so busy, which we've all agreed that we're all busy. You shouldn't have time to like compare yourself or what you thought happened to why you left and why you came back. You, how about focusing on yourself? And so I, I love what you're doing with come home to yourself and start with yourself and, and don't spend any time unless you're asked for advice, right? Thinking about other people. Uh, and so, yeah, I'd like to propose a death today to comparison. Can we do that? I love it. Let's, let's kill it. It's dead. It's dead to me now. Excellent. Well done. Nice. This is, by the way, this is what happens when uh, it's like, hey, two storytelling marketers walk into a bar. Right? It's like, um, to, and again, when you look at the work that you're doing now uh, the, on the side hustle, I, I like the soul alignment. I think that's what you call the soul alignment immersion, which is one of your courses. And I'm laughing because we talk about a courageous on the business side is where we're change mechanics. We're looking under the hood of companies. And so what does a mechanic do? It's looking at the alignment of a company, looking at the values, looking at the belief system. Is that 
what you're doing, but on a personal level? Yeah, it, it's somewhat like that. Yeah. So the soul alignment immersion is, um, is a coming home to yourself. So if you want to get really clear on the hell yeses and the fuck noes, then this course helps you get there. It's, it's eight weeks long and it uses um, a lot of the work that we do as end of life doulas with the dying. Um, but with the living, I always wondered as I, as I went through some of this training and these exercises, why aren't we using this work where we're helping the dying um, identify the meaning in their life, where we're helping them connect a little bit closer to their soul so that they feel uh, settled with themselves. So they've come home to their selves before they make their exit. Why aren't we doing that as living beings right now in our lives so that we feel the most centered within ourselves as we possibly can. It reduces fear. It helps create peace and fulfillment. And I think it's just something that everybody can benefit from. So eight weeks, a multitude of guided practices, uh, Zoom calls, homework, a bunch of bonus materials, all aimed at bringing you home to yourself. That's amazing. Um, and, and it's things like this that'll hopefully slowly change our culture. I feel like it's happening rapidly. It's gaining steam just by everyone. We have the opportunity to talk to. I just don't, what, what happened in your opinion to our culture anyways, to, to get here and, and how do we, how do we get back to this focus on self-fulfillment, self-actualization? Seems like we lost our way for a little bit and, and you found your way. So I'm just wondering, like, how does it get bigger where more people that are struggling with these same things start to realize kind of what you've already went through in your life? Hmm, that's a great question. You, you know, you've used, and, and I use too the word self a lot in this, but really what I see happening is a refocus actually into our communities. We have seen this grow during this unprecedented pandemic, we've seen it through the social justice movement that has hit an unprecedented peak in recent months. Um, and so, you know, spending time coming home to yourself allows you also to be more connected to your community, your family, friends, your loved ones, the people around you. And I think people crave a migration back toward a communal way of living where it's not me out here for myself, for personal gain, for whatever it is that our community, <laughs> that, our, uh, that our culture has communicated over the past, I don't know how many years, but, but it's really how are we moving forward as a culture and, and as a community together. Um, and the way to do that first is to get really clear on your own integrity, your own hopes and desires. Kristen, who would you say is like the ideal client for you for this course? Ooh, that's a great question too. So really, I think it's anybody that has tried a multitude of other courses who still feels like maybe there's something missing. They're not quite as fulfilled as they want to be. They don't have quite as much peace as they want to have. They know that there's something to unearth and they're not quite sure how. Um, and also, you know, people who are really ready to take a deep dive um, because the topic of death is one that really requires us to go 
fully within. This is not a program for people who don't want to be held accountable, who don't want to dive deep. This is a program for people who really want to get in there and unearth their innermost parts and pieces so that they can create the life that they really want to live that they're passionate about. So this is the Captain Obvious moment for me of the day, but like, you know, you have the the Dying to Live podcast and, and, and it's true. I, I think, yeah, we all die, but like not all of us are living. Like we're, we're not going for it. And, and, and it, it happens and we get the gravity of life sort of takes us over. And the next thing you know, you've been in middle management for eight years and you wonder what happened to everything. And so, so I, I, I commend the work you're doing and, and you can't help, I can't help, but sort of just nod my head and see the similarities about the hard work you're doing and, and what we are trying to do with courageous. Like we, we are really trying to design our life. And when you have a name like courageous, it also tells you who we're not for. And we're trying to find like who our clients are for and not waste any of our precious time um, with the clients. So like get to convince that they need to be courageous. It's just a waste of time in all directions. So uh, love what you're doing. However we can support. I, I'm just going to throw this out there now when, when I'm out of here, guys, like I want to be the guy that puts the word fun and funeral. So can you make sure like my, I, we have a huge party and uh, Thompson, I'm telling you, if I, if I, I'm definitely going to go before you. I mean, there's no question, but like, can it be a party? You just I jinxed want... me. No, don't say that. <laughs> I want it to be a celebration. Like I want to, I'm my number one value is optimism. I want it to be fun and light. And like, again, like my hope is that all the people that I love are there and that I've done something to move them. And then like just recognizing my very little part in all this and then like take it and run and go, go, go from there. Like That's my hope from, for me. Yeah. I actually love to hear yours. Oh God. I love it. I love just you are reimagining this way that we've, we've always done things as a culture. And I think that that's so needed. I, I want much of the same. I, you know, sure there's going to be emotion and such, but I want people to come together and have a really good time remembering me and celebrating the times that we had together and bringing up all of the silly and embarrassing and oh god moments as well i i just want it all to be unearthed on the table and i don't want anything hidden in the process of that celebration thompson what about you honestly it's just hopefully the kids remember some positive things that i i put in front of their lives and and can rely on that for the rest of the time that they're here that's that's what i'm focused on is the people that you can touch and that are close to you well, here's to the adventure for all of us. The we're we're all we're all in it in our own way. We're, and uh, Chris and I, thanks so much for joining. And I'm sure, you know, we're gonna get Matt Walker on here too. We're gonna get Matt Walker on here, and we'll talk about you with him. Sweet. But thank you so much for giving us some of your time this morning. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. It was great fun. If you enjoyed the episode, please give us five stars, subscribe, and leave us a comment.